Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. everyone. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. I am Megan Carranza. Thank you so much for coming to listen. We are on episode 53. Craziness. Uh, Once again, I just have to say thank you so much to everybody who's listening to the show. If you've been listening from the very beginning, back in episode one, or if you are a new listener, I appreciate all the love and support so much. Every message and email and review. I am so thankful for all of those. So thank you. And today's episode I'm super excited about. I have Julie Hornick, who is an autism mom. She is also an author. She wrote a book called United in Autism that is beautiful. And we talk all about that and just all of her amazing work in the autism community. She is really inspirational. And the story she shares with her daughter girl mom, yay, more girl moms, is incredible. It's it's truly one of those stories that it, it's like a, a real success story. So I, I love hearing those. I feel like so many of us, you know, we've got younger kiddos and you hear stories like this and it just gives you so much hope. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Julie. Hi, welcome to Adventures in Autism. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled I'm to be so here. I'm so excited to have you. You and I were just chatting and I, I was saying, I'm, I'm really excited to hear your story because I don't know much about it. <laughs> you <had> just reached <laughs> out to me as like a new listener that, you know, you're, you're interested in being in the podcast and it sounds like you, you have done a lot in the autism community and in that realm. So I'm very excited to, to hear your story. Um, if you would kind of take us back to the beginning, like how, how did things start for you and your family? Well, I had no, nothing on my radar as far as special needs or autism and just could not have come as more of a surprise to me because I just didn't live in that world. And um, my daughter, I have an older son and he was 21 months when my daughter was born and she was just, I had some problems in pregnancy, but she was their typical little girl. And then she just kind of started to change, you know, like she became more distant. And, um, I remember when she was like nine months ish, it was like this distinct thing of where she would crawl and she'd play with her brother and he would let her catch him and then they would laugh. And it was like super funny and it was really cute. And then it was almost like one day she just kind of stopped looking up and she would just run into the wall. And, um, then it was like the classic tale you hear where it, like her language any like mamas and dadas just disappeared and she ended up with just gibberish all day long started flapping her arms lining things up it was very much like Mm -hmm. textbook and you know like by the time she was 18 months I was like oh you know my daughter has some speech issues and communication issues but I didn't autism just still wasn't on my radar and she's Um, a little bit older right she is now she's 16. Okay, so uh-huh. I mean, I feel like yeah. 16 years ago, or I guess 14 at this point, I mean, you still really didn't hear about autism very much. 
Yeah, it wasn't like everywhere. Like I feel like right now it's everywhere. Like you'll hear about it on the news and stuff. It wasn't like that. And for us, we had this speech pathologist friend and I called her and I just said, you know, I'm seeing some things. She's really, I had a, I babysat a little girl that was the same age and I just was like shocked at the difference. And, um, I didn't, I didn't really compare to my son because he was a boy. And then also like, we're just this enormous family of extroverts. (laughs) And I thought, oh, this is what, (laughs) this is like what an introvert (laughs) looks like, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't know, you know, and so she was really blunt with me and said, I, you don't need to like walk, you need to like run to the developmental pediatrician. Like this is not, and you know, it was first sit down diagnosis. It was that she had every single red flag and no awareness of the world. And it was just classic, you know, classic. She was diagnosed at moderate. And how old was she when she was Uh, diagnosed? It was days after her second birthday. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, she was very young. I mean, as I look back, I feel grateful that she was as affected as she was because, you know, I have a lot of friends with kids that aren't as affected and they just didn't get that intensive treatment when they were young. And because she had no skills, um, we had to do the 30 hour pro you know, week program and we had to do it all. Like, you know, we yeah. did everything. We did ABA floor time. Oh, we did great. occupational therapy. You had like a lot yeah. of prevention right from the start. I mean, just, and, and I was the classic mom of, I dumped everything mm-hmm. into this, like everything stopped for me. And I overnight would just constantly research calling. I mean, I was so crazy. <laughs> like, like I, I talk about how crazy I am a lot because I, I just, I, I remember mm-hmm. the feeling and I, there was nothing else on my radar except for my daughter who I needed to help. Yeah. And I exhausted myself to the extreme, you know, with, in doing it, but it was helpful and she did progress. Yeah. So. I was just talking to another mom earlier today who is a new listener to the podcast and her daughter is starting kindergarten and just got her diagnosis. And I feel like there are so many kids that do kind of slip through the cracks in a certain way. Um, even, even with mm-hmm. Logan, I mean, we had to really like push to get, to get his diagnosis. Um, so I think it's interesting you say that, that you were almost glad that it was like she had these really obvious signs so that at least you were able to mm-hmm. kind of get started and get on the right path quickly. Well, in getting that behavioral control at the beginning was really important. Just once she learned to look around and to see others and learn from others. And yeah. that was huge because then I wasn't having to teach her every little thing. And so because we were able to do the things we did when she was young, then she was able to to do that at a younger age. And so I watched her go from us teaching her everything with having to be rewarded to learning on her own in a, in a typical classroom because she was interested now. And she learned that that was That's a really you know? good point that you make. And one that I hadn't even necessarily thought of is that like, cause I feel like I'm constantly trying to explain ABA and like the behavioral piece of things. And I feel like when you say behavioral, people automatically think like bad behaviors and it's not even mm. so much bad behaviors as it is it's just like, you know, learning everyday behaviors and skills. And you're totally right that I feel like it, it, it does kind of progress to the point where, you know, when you have it, Logan was the same way. Like he was very much unaware of what was going on around him. So, yeah, like learning from others or learning from us was not going to happen. Whereas now he has that understanding. So he's able to see modeled behavior and kind of pick that up. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's a huge, huge oh, yeah. difference in you being able to be out in the world and, or being stuck having to be taught and have a one-on-one mm-hmm. person, you know, forever. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I was very grateful when she started to do that because it just made everything so much less work. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and I was so thankful. And she has, I mean, she is incredible. Her work ethic, like, you know, we always talk about, Oh, the therapy did this. It's like, yes, the therapy, but yeah. it was her work mm-hmm. ethic. Like she, she is a hard worker and she's just determined when she gets in there. And so she has progressed just beautifully over the years. And it's, it's never been like any one big, Hey, this happened. And now she's doing great. It's like tiny mm-hmm. little steps the whole way, you know, and we just kept like stepping it up a notch, pulling the different supports we had and letting her kind mm-hmm. of fly in. So, I mean, now she is a cheerleader at her school. She's actually the captain oh this year, which is God. insane. I know. Insane. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She does volleyball and she's in the national honor society and um, I'm teaching her to drive right now, which is about to just blow my mind. So I just can't believe that we're in this place. Wow. And um, yet, That's you know, the autism's yeah. Yeah. I'm very thankful. And um, that was kind of for autism world. That was like, I was concentrating on my daughter for many years, but then like, I feel like I've been in different stages where I feel like the more severe end of it is so hard because we did have all those difficult years where we couldn't leave out the house without major issues. And we would have massive meltdowns and we lost her many times. Um, just having to call the cops and just, I mean, she was found in a Creek at one point. Um, after having to call the cops, like she eloped from your house, she, she did. She, um, not from my house. So I was actually out of town and this could have happened when, easily when I was in town too. I'm not saying there was anything not done right, but my husband had her with the other two kids at the park and, you know, it's just really oh, yeah. hard keeping track of all three, three little kids. And I so, yeah, I mean, like you're just, your, your eyes yeah. are bouncing from one kid and you're holding the baby, you know? And so he was pushing um, my youngest on the swing and she would do this. She gets like set in patterns and she would go around in a circle. And so then you start to trust in the pattern. (laughs) And then one time she just didn't come back and it was like, Oh my gosh. So, I mean, they, they had to call the cops. They looked for her and it was in a huge like forest preserve near a busy road with a Creek. And of course that's where she went. Cause that's where all Mm -hmm. our kids go and straight to the water. And thankfully she was found there and someone, grabbed her out of the water but it was just knee high oh, so yeah. thankfully I mean it could have ended very differently nice. you know? how so, old was she when when that happened I'm trying to I think she was like five four or four okay. maybe four yeah she was really little and so how because yeah, my youngest okay. was about one um that's I feel like I feel like we all have those scary stories I appreciate you I mean yeah um okay so tell me because I mean listening listening to kind of from where you started and then now like captain of the cheerleading squad national society i I mean that's like the dream right there do you for sure was is there i know you said like it's it's little steps which i totally agree because autism like you know therapy everything it's all about the long game (laughs) there's nothing happens right Uh, like i'm I'm always preaching that and it's hard to see it's hard to see the the progress when you're in it but then yeah sometimes when you step back you're like oh wow like a year ago we were not in this place you know um is is there anything though that you credit like over the other of like 
was super helpful. I'm really glad we did this or tried this kind of therapy. Or you think it was just like a culmination of everything? I mean, it definitely was doing all the things, <laughs> but I would say like for her, I mean, we had to do the ABA to get behavioral control to then have her be able to pay attention. But we, when she was about four, about the same age as the Creek thing, it was like, I had it said in my head that I was going to have this typical child by four years old. Like this was temporary lifestyle for <laughs> me, you know, and which I totally know now completely a wrong attitude and not at all what I want for her. But, um, that was my mindset at that time. And so when her four-year-old birthday came around, I just, it's like she had language and she had skills, but she was not able to share them with anyone. And I felt like, especially as a girl, you know, girls, women sit around yeah. and talk like boys, they go out, they play golf, they do bowling, More but physical. they haven't, yeah, they have an activity to focus on. And girls, we just sit around and eat <laughs> and talk and that's what I do. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly the yeah. only thing I ever want to do, you know? Like, so, yeah. I mean, I was just worried for her as a girl. And so I, we switched our focus and did floor time that, and I know there's many programs, but that was the one we chose, but I wanted her to be able to enjoy interaction with another human. And it was, I mean, I have videos of her, um, just from the early interactions, it was so impossible to get her to even look at me or to engage for even a second. And, but when it happens, it's like so beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, cause you like, you have that connection back that you, you realize what you were missing when you yeah. get it back, you know? Um, and so that was really, to me, that's the most important piece just because I mean, that's what we want with our kid. That's what we miss as moms. It, it's the connection. Yeah. Like it's, it tears my heart out when I think of the moms that still don't yeah. have that yet. And I, I pray and hope that so they do. True. You know? Yeah. Um, so did you continue with like ABA and floor time? Like basically what I'm wondering is like, did, did that support kind of like lessen through the years or did it just change? It, yeah, it did. Well, so we had that full-time 30 hour mm -hmm. week. And then when she got into like the later years, like four and five, we did a three day, a three hour a day preschool. So then she would start in, but, but I would have, I mean, it's really important just having everybody on the same page and communicating mm -hmm. in a, like as close to a hundred percent consistency as possible. Um, so we were all on the same page at school and at home. So we'd have three hours a day where she would, you know, they was still, they were still using ABA and floor time in the school to get her to do mm -hmm. the school stuff. And then it was the afternoon and we always also had a play date, which I'm grateful that we just had different kids that would be okay coming to our <laughs> house. And we made it really fun mm -hmm. for them. And we always had therapists involved. So we'd have like two more hours of therapy mm -hmm. and then a play date. And um, so, you know, it was a basic six hours a day, even still, but it was just formatted mm -hmm. differently. Um, and of course we had the occupational therapy and the mm -hmm. speech in there as well. So once she got to, kindergarten then that lesson where it was a longer school day and just maybe an hour in okay. the afternoon mm -hmm. and then was that kind of how it stayed like through elementary school yes it it stayed where then we pulled we we tried to get as much of the aba kind of that we could at school um and have it kind of put in at her goals and then we would do the speech and the play dates and occupational therapy after school and then all the way through elementary 
And that was kind of, I mean, we still did like random social skills classes here and there. And we're still always working on social skills, even now, you know, that's lifelong for probably for all of us, really, all of us could use True. social mm-hmm. skills, a little social etiquette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, we've done different in the summer, we would beef it back up, like where we would add in the hours and we would, you know, one year we did it like what I call reading camp. She didn't think it was very fun. She didn't think it was like a camp, <laughs> but there's different challenges. And just as those came up, then we add in back, back in what we needed during the summers or mm-hmm. the breaks. Um, I mean, it was a full yeah. load and it's, you know, it's, but it's seeing her just kind of come into herself and just watching her grow and her happiness and her ability to function in the world is just I mean, it's everything, yes. you know, and it's absolutely like it's, so it's just nice me- to hear from a mom like on the other side of this, because like I am so in the thick of it. I know so many people listening are so in the thick of it. And obviously, like, that's the goal is it's like you put in all this time now and then hopefully like you see the fruits of your labor and their labor paying off. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it's so hard to say, you know, where where our all of our kids will end up. Um, but I always people who listen to the podcast probably like oh my gosh Megan you say this so much but a win for one is a win <laughs> for all so I love hearing yeah. these like positive you know kind of success stories and like you said like there's still challenges and there's things that are going to be lifelong but it, it's just mm-hmm. like I said just hearing from someone kind of on the other side of things is so encouraging well and I think it, it's like the whole thing of they don't stop learning until you stop mm-hmm. teaching and as long as we're continuing to teach then they're going to continue all the way through adulthood to learn just like we do you know Mm -hmm. and it's like we think that it's so different but it's really the same we we have to keep helping them apply themselves and and helping them want to become the best version of themselves Mm -hmm. and you know when you're having friends it's really really having problems with friends it's really hard but all people have problems with friends so you know we're not we're going to take responsibility for our part in it and that's something that you know, we work on a lot is okay. Well, you know what, maybe you rambled on too long about this and they weren't interested anymore. You know, not that I don't love to hear it. You can do that with me all day long, but the friends, you know, the friends don't want to necessarily hear that. So kind of learn to taper that back. And so it's always that learning curve even mm-hmm. later um, that we can, we can kind of continue to better ourselves, you know, autism yeah. or not. So. I, I like that you mentioned that. Cause I was going to ask that, like, obviously some social skills are something that are you know, a, a lifelong skill has, has that changed mm-hmm. since she's gotten older. And I mean, I imagine like just being in cheerleading, she's always surrounded by girls. Like how does she do socially? Um, she does really well with the girls that want mm-hmm. to be friends with her and really not well with the okay. ones that don't <laughs> like, um, there seems to be like, and I've noticed it in girls specifically, like how good their self-esteem is, is how open they are to being friends with her. Does that make Uh sense? Like, so the girls that are confident in themselves have no problem hanging out. She's fun and she's quirky and she's just really good Mm -hmm. time to be around. But if you're sitting there and you want to be negative, you can find a thousand things to be negative about and you can make fun of her and you can be mean Mm -hmm. too. So when she's in a positive group, it it goes really beautifully because she can, converse great. She can talk about all the stuff, you know, she can do all the activities, but it definitely still is a different just level of mm-hmm. depth, um, in, in the relationship. And so, 
you know, she has the friends that do really, really well. And then she has some people that are. Yeah. (laughs) Is that something like as she's gotten older that you guys have had to deal with like bullying at all? Oh yeah. We've had, we've had, especially middle school. Um, Oh, I mean, everybody is unhappy with themselves. So they're all kind of just like looking to make themselves feel better. And especially with the girls, it's just Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. And, um, it, yeah, we've had a lot of, and some of it went over her head and that's great. Cause I didn't yeah. really have to feel that, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the hard thing is when they start to recognize it and it's just like, it tears them up. Then it tears me up mm-hmm. worse because it's just so hard to watch her hurting, you know? Oh, it's so true. Um, as a mom, you experience it like twice as hard. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's just, it kills me. Um, but then seeing her as she's getting older, I've noticed the girls kind of, as they come into themselves and they're proud of who they are, then they're nicer mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. So do yeah. you, like, do her friends or the people like close to her, do they know that she has autism? Okay. So it's oh, not yeah. like mm-hmm. a, you know, hush hush yeah. thing. You know, and re- recently she's met a couple other friends that have autism. And, she, and so it's like, she's becoming more proud of it because she feeds on them, which is really cool. So I always think it's really good to have, I mean, just like for us as autism Mm -hmm. moms, it's really good to be in a group of us because only we are the only ones that get it. And then same with her. She needs another girl that has autism or boy that has autism. They can kind of talk about their struggles and they can be like, Oh, well, I'm not alone. I'm not the only person in the world with this. And look, you're doing okay. I can do okay. And that's been a really positive thing for her. I can imagine that she has like peers that are you know dealing with the same kind of things that she is because yeah I I feel like especially at that age you just want to fit in (laughs) you just want you know (laughs) someone who gets it and I mean I think all girls at that age have challenges but yeah especially for for someone on the spectrum like I can imagine how just like as parents like we feel isolated I'm sure she had those kind Mm -hmm. of feelings too that's that's awesome that she yeah well and when she found out she had had autism and that was a whole process it took about a year and we had I made a book for her and we went through a whole thing but it was she had her own grieving process and um you know a lot of the times we'll focus on ourselves including me you know what it means for my life but I mean she had to grieve the fact that she mm-hmm. was different and her realizing that was really painful to watch and for a long time she was kind of mean like just like I don't want anything to do with this disabilities, you know, and saying things like that. And I just know she was really hurting. And, um, then, you know, she went from hurting and angry and distancing herself from anyone she thought had anything going on to, um, like a year later asking if she could be a special needs buddy and help a special needs child at our church. So um, yeah, it's real. It was cool to see the the full circle. Uh huh. Yeah. I loved it. Well, it sounds like you guys have had quite a journey and then through, through that journey, it sounds like you have become just like this amazing advocate for autism. I (laughs) hope so. I'm trying. I really, I mean, but I remember how hard it was in those early years and I really, I mean, oh man, it just, it was like, I think I woke up after about five years and realized I hadn't like gone a day without being focused on autism and I'm like looking around like I've where are my friends? I, have, I don't have any friends mm-hmm. anymore. I, I've just, you know, been in this world and I hadn't had any thoughts of anything else and I never got out and did fun stuff. And so I worked with um, a local organization here in the Dallas area. And I, I was like, let's just put together an event to just love mm-hmm. on these moms because I just want what I didn't have. You know, I want to give what I didn't have. And so we 
did this like pampering event and I always call it like their Oprah moment. Cause I wanted them to feel like from the moment they walked in the door, like this is your day we're going to give to you where we gave them <laughs> presents and you know, like a, a really fancy meal at a country club and in a, a massage. And, and I thought it was going to be just like this really nice, Oh, we had such a good hour off or three hours mm-hmm. off or whatever, but it became so much more because the mom moms met other moms and those moms kind of became their lifeline. And so the people they were meeting in person at these events were basically helping them through the rest of their mm-hmm. journey. And I was like, this is so much more amazing than I could have thought. Um, so now we're, I started a nonprofit and that's what we're doing. We're taking it um, all over the U S so I'm so oh super my gosh. excited. Well, when you come over here to Chicago, I'm coming. <laughs> It is, it is so on my list because I love oh. Chicago. <laughs> That's amazing. It is. Yeah. T- okay. So tell me more about the nonprofit. Okay. So, well, the nonprofit, I started it for, to do mm-hmm. the events. Um, and actually what enabled me to realize that we could take this. So we did it like for eight years in the mm-hmm. Dallas area. And then um, I entered, I, I just, I love when I meet people that have overcome I don't want to say overcome autism because autism is still there, but they're kind of inspirational within mm-hmm. autism. And I mean, even like I looked around from the people I had met and it's like some of them, even if their kid didn't progress or even if they had a bad situation, it's like they were still positive within, within autism and they were making it and, you know, they were inspiring others and they were helping others. So I decided I was going to kind of figure out what's the difference in that person and the mm-hmm. bitter person. Um, and I began interviewing families all over the world. So just connecting through all kinds of different resources with people in like Singapore, Australia, Russia, like just everywhere. I tried to find the most inspirational person I can and share their story. And so that's when I put that into a book um, called United in Autism, Finding Strength Inside the Spectrum. And then Temple Grandin was so sweet to write the forward for it. Unbelievable. I know. I'm so (laughs) grateful for her. it's just a really fun day when you get a phone call from that, Temple Grandin. I mean, like, <laughs> like the ultimate. <laughs> yeah, it really, yeah. it really was. It was, it's like, you know, that voice uh-huh. so well. And then when it's on the other end of your phone, you're just like, oh my gosh, this is oh so crazy. Um, so that was really fun. But that, the book was like what I wanted to give to the moms as they went home from the events. But then um, it kind of just opened the door to go to different, to get sponsorship, to go to different mm-hmm. cities and work with different organizations. And so that's what we're continuing to do, which is super, super fun. And I mean, I love every second of it because when I just hearing what these events have done for the moms and it in focusing on that emotional support that I think, you know, you go to like a conference and they're giving you so much education for your kid and how to help your kid, but it's like, you're drowning. So how can Mm -hmm. you even continue to do that? You know, we need to support the moms emotionally so that they can continue to fight yes. for their kid. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just, it's incredible. And I love that that was like your focus with this was that, that emotional piece and that emotional support from other people within the community. Because I feel like that's something that like when my son was first diagnosed, I had really great family and friends around me who were very supportive or as supportive as could be. But it's like you still just feel so lonely until you have mm-hmm. other people who who get it, who understand, you know, the these struggles. And even even though that we're all different, because I mean, 
you know, son, daughter, we're all in different places on the spectrum. It's still just like this common ground that we all share that like nobody else can relate to like another autism parent. I know it's so true. And it's such a beautiful thing to walk into a room and it's like, you don't have to explain Mm. anything, you know, I don't have to give you the whole story. You've lived it. So we can just start with, you know, whatever we want to talk about. And, and it's, it's so, it feels so wonderful to have that environment. And that is one of the things that every inspirational family that, you know, that was giving back or doing okay in the midst of it, every single one of them had either found a community or created mm-hmm. a community. And it's, it's just, we are, we're meant as human beings to help yeah. each other. And it's, you know, it, it, it also gives us a way to give back in it for our, you know, for everything we've gone through, not to be. Yeah. Nothing. Well, I think it, it it's so, I saw a quote the other day and it was something like, like what, I can't, I'm going to like butcher this, but it was basically like what, what breaks your heart, what like shows you, I'm just butchering this all over the place, but it's like, you know, the, basically it's like the, the things that you, you overcome, like as, as difficult as they might be for you. It's like you, you learn so much from those experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like your deepest sorrow is your most effective ministry. That's a really good one. Something like that. <laughs> that wasn't the one that I saw. <laughs> this was definitely something that breaks your heart. I'm going to have to find it. I don't know. Um, okay. But yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. I mean, I think that when you, I, back in the beginning of the podcast, uh, one of my guests, Tamika, who is another amazing inspirational woman within the autism community. She is the president of the autism hero project, which is a local nonprofit that I really love to support. Um, she had said to me, uh, your adversity becomes your advantage. Such, mm. Basically, that's kind of what this whole thing is too. And it's so poignant and so true because it's like you can you can take these things that you know are difficult and and could easily break you. And but if you can like rise above that and then use that to help yourself and to help others, it's like you are like really doing awesome stuff. I know. I love. I yeah. love that. And that is my exact thinking. Is like if I'm going to go through something hard, I'm going to figure out how to use it more effectively to help the same people that are a couple steps yes. behind because, you know, they're going to listen to somebody more that has gone through it. it. Nobody else could do it except for somebody that's totally, gone it. totally. Yeah. That's exactly so when why I, I had plenty I to start the podcast was because I, I just, I wanted, I remember when I was just in that very newly diagnosed place with my son and feeling so lost and scared and unsure and, looking for that, that kind of support and just guidance and hearing these stories. And I, I really felt like I, I couldn't find exactly what I was looking for. So that's why I set out to do the podcast, but I just think there's, there's so many of us kind of, and Anne was really, Anne who, um, from autism super moms, she, she has said it very well. Like there's, there's room for all of us and we all can do our own thing, but then also Mm -hmm. like come together. And I think that's so beautiful. Yeah. And that's one of the goals whenever we are naming the book and the nonprofit is just that, you know, autism has all kinds of stuff that splits us and it just, none of that matters. Like what matters is that we're here and we're dealing with it. And the only way that we're going to come and help our kids, especially the kids that are getting older and are about, they're about to have a huge giant amount of kids that are now adults that need a place to be in the world. And we can't do it if we're all split up and bickering about the little things. We just need to come together mm-hmm. and enable ourselves to really find the solution and open these different communities that are going to help our kids live 
effectively and happily, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's so true. It's very, it's the world is needs to get ready because (laughs) (laughs) is, is definitely not going anywhere and we need, we need some changes. We need some big stuff to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Sure. Well, Julie, I'm, I'm so inspired by you. And like I said, I can't wait for you to come to Chicago. <laughs> I, yes, me neither. I love it. Chicago. Uh, so yeah. Um, so tell, tell everyone where they can connect with you and find the book and all that good stuff. So all of my socials, like, um, Facebook's my bigger group, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at United in Autism. Pretty easy to find. And then the book you can find on my website, unitedinautism.com or Amazon or barnesandnoble.com or just any of the normal online okay. places. And you're so, you're a busy yeah. lady. You've done like all kinds of other stuff too. Like there, you, you, you had sent me like your your resume and I was like, oh my goodness, this is how accomplished. Um, but it, you, you have like co-written other books too, correct? I've done well I've done a bunch of chicken soup for the soul pit stories in their books and then written for all kinds of sites and magazines and stuff like that yeah so I I really enjoy I feel like it is very therapeutic to write about what I've gone through and then the fact that sometimes it inspires others makes me even happier so it's nice you know to be able to go through stuff and share it and it does it heals whenever you're able to share it, it that way. Feel. And I find it very therapeutic mm-hmm. to talk, which is why I podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <that laughs> and not a sense. book or a blog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is more of my medium. So. <laughs> um, well, Julie, thank you so much for, for coming on the pod and for just sharing. I mean, I, like I said, this, everything with your daughter, I just think is so inspiring because I think so many of us are in the thick of it now and it just hearing these success stories, I feel like just gives that little bit more hope to kind of keep it going, but just everything you're doing for, for autism moms and everyone in the community. I I'm, I'm so inspired and so thankful for people like you. Well, I'm so grateful you have me on and I mean, thank you for doing the podcast. You're doing a beautiful job and I know it's affecting a lot of people. So we appreciate you too. Sweet. All right. Thank you so much, Julie. Take care. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. (laughs) I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue. And those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Julie. She is just amazing. It's really incredible how there are so many 
of us autism moms and dads out there and it's like we never saw autism in our futures or never expected to you know be special in these parents but it's like once you you find yourself in this position you just like rise up to the occasion and Julie has definitely done just that so I'm I'm so thankful to have had her on and get to hear her story. So again, thank you so much for listening. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast, on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod, or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2019 at, I'm sorry, 2018. <laughs> It's 2019 now, 2018 at yahoo.com. And I have a little exciting news to share. So I had shared on last week's episode that the one year anniversary is coming up. It is quickly approaching. It's just a few weeks away and I'm planning a super fun kind of like frequently asked questions, ask me anything. I have a very exciting co-host who will be joining me that day to be answering how well, asking the questions for me to answer. So it's going to be really fun. So if you have any questions for me, if you have been holding on to questions, it can be about the podcast, about autism, about our family, about me personally. I feel like I'm always an overshare, but this time for real, (laughs) nothing is off limits. I'll be spilling all the tea. Um, So definitely reach out to me on one of those channels. I'm going to post at some point in my stories on Facebook or on, on Instagram, like an ask me anything. So you guys can just ask them there or you can email me, but definitely, yes, please reach out, send me all the questions. I'm super excited to do that episode and excited for you guys to hear my co-host because she has been mentioned on the podcast many times, a little tease for you. Uh, but that is all for now. So until next time, take care.